Well, good morning. As, um, as I hope you recall, we are in the middle of a, a sermon series in Hebrews chapter 11. Um, and the idea of this sermon series is simply that we're looking at these great figures in the hall of faith presented us in Hebrews um, and, and looking at the Old Testament stories behind them and, and finding out um, what it is about their faithfulness um, that would lead the author of Hebrews to mention them in this letter and, and how that faithfulness might, um, might apply or inform our faithfulness today. Um, so we're in Hebrews chapter 11 and this week we are talking about Abraham. By faith, Abraham. What is it that Abraham did that was so faithful? Well, he was a faithful man, and he was called to a number of faithful things, including um, simply um, packing up his whole family and leaving the only land that he had ever known, his only home, and traveling thousands of miles to a a land that God had promised to him um, that he had yet to see and would actually never get. Um, For starters, that was Abraham's faithfulness. Um, But where we're going to focus in today is on the story of the the binding of Isaac, the sacrifice of Isaac, if you will, that there was a sacrifice of Isaac, but not quite. Um, How does Abraham's faith play into this? What what does it mean? What What does it look like? How does it inform us today? So here we have Abraham, and he's called to offer his son Isaac to God. Now, this is the same God who promised that Abraham would be the father of a great nation. This is the same God that promised Abraham that his offspring would bless all the nations of the world. And this is the same Abraham who for years and years was unable to have a child with his wife Sarah. When Isaac was born, Abraham was, get this, Abraham was 100 years old. Sarah was 90 And so seemingly, should any harm, anything happen to Isaac, there was almost no chance, at least biologically speaking, that Sarah would have another child. Isaac was it. Isaac was the promise. And yet we have God saying, Abraham, offer your son. And Abraham just did it. He faithfully follows God's plan to the very last second. He's prepared to sacrifice Isaac without so much as an argument about why he should be doing this. We know this is not something that Abraham is afraid to do. He's argued with God in the past, right? If you remember when God was pronouncing judgment on on Sodom, Abraham, Abraham demonstrated his math skills and he counted all the way down from about 70 till finally he said, God, if, if there are even 10 righteous people in, in Sodom, will you spare the city? And God says, yes, Abraham, if I find 10 righteous men in Sodom, I will spare the city. He's not afraid to argue. He's not afraid to take matters into his own hands, right? Twice he's passed off his wife as his sister. He's lied about it in an effort to save himself at great cost, mind you, to Sarah. And he's even gone so far as to conceive a son out of wedlock with with, um, Hagar, Ishmael, because God has promised a son and it hadn't happened, and so Abraham takes matters into his own hands. But what we see... And our passage this morning is Abraham, a lifelong and faithful servant of God, walking with him. And so that probably, if you have an outline, if you're trying to, to fill it out and follow along, um, that's, your, that's your, first, your first point there. 
Abraham's faith was a product of a lifelong walk with God. Here we have a man who has been in this intimate relationship with his Lord. He's at the end of his life. He's been trained and shaped and refined. And he knows that God fulfills his promises. Yes, God's command seems to contradict everything that he has promised Abraham. But Abraham follows through with it anyhow. And so when, when the author of Hebrews looks back on this account of um, Isaac and Abraham, um, he can only, only come to one, one conclusion. Let's, let's read this, uh, verse 17 and then uh, verses, verse 19 and 20. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son. Yet he considered, verse 19, Abraham considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. Abraham knew. He was so trusting in God's promises. He knew that even if Isaac died, Abraham knew he'd get Isaac back even if God had to raise him from the dead. That's how faithful Abraham was to his Lord. He knew he'd get Isaac back even if God had to raise him from the dead. So this morning I want us to take a look at a couple of characteristics of Abraham's faith. How do they translate for us today? What were the outcomes, if you will, of Abraham's faithfulness in the midst of this sacrifice of his son Isaac? So, the first thing, uh, the first characteristic we want to note here is that Abraham's faith is an abiding trust that God will fulfill his promises. An abiding trust that God will fulfill his promises. Let's read verses um, 1 to 5. If you've got your Bibles, pull them out. Maybe um, they're on your phones. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 22. We're going to read verses 1 to 5, uh, from starting in Genesis chapter 22. So, here we go. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and Abraham said to him, here I am. And God said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land Moriah. You see how God's kind of, he's reminding, like he's really making this hard on Abraham. He says, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, okay, take him. To the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes, and he saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. So the first thing we see with Abraham's faith is this. Abraham's faith is being tested by God. There's no question about that. Abraham's faith is being tested by God. We see it very clearly there in verse 1. After these things, God, what? Tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. Now, We know that this is a test. Thankfully, we have that little sentence in there from the author, Moses, 
saying Abraham's faith was being tested. And then we get this story of how God tested it. Abraham did not know that he was being tested. God didn't whisper to him or send him a note or an email and says, hey, I'm going to test you. Just get ready. You know, we see that in the schools. They tell the kids, we're going to have a fire alarm sometime today, maybe between, you know, 8 o'clock and 8.01. God didn't say that to Abraham. He did not know it was a test. It would not be much of a test if he did. But God is testing Abraham's faithfulness. Will this man forsake everything for me? Will he be the faithful father for generations of my people? Will my divine plan that begins with Abraham and runs through his descendants, will it be founded on a man of faith that I can trust to forsake everything? Abraham had to be willing to forsake not only his son, but the promises that God had made. He has to be willing to give them up in obedience to God. And yet, at the same time, trust that God will make them come true somehow. This testing, as much as it is um, providing information to God about Abraham's character and, and how that works out, is a, um, that's a, a, a dicey thing because God knows everything and yet he needs to know. Um, we have to be able to just say that's the way it is here in this story. But this testing is also a refining of Abraham. A reminder to Abraham that allegiance to God must get primacy over all things. Over his son, over his descendants, over the land. Obedience to God is first. Faithfulness to God is first. And all things must flow out of it. And so in some ways, Abraham is being refined here at the end of his life. The ultimate test, the ultimate opportunity to show his faithfulness to God. Will his faithfulness be strengthened coming out of it on the other end? So that's the first, first um, thing we see here of this characteristic, that, that Abraham is being tested by God. And yet in this testing, the second thing here is Abraham's actions were consistent with his faith. His actions were consistent with his faith. Verses 3 to 5, Abraham rose early in the morning. He saddled his donkey. He took his servants and his son, and off he went. He knew the command from God, and he obeyed it immediately and precisely. But at the same time, this is amazing, at the same time that he's obeying God, there's absolutely no indication in this scripture that Abraham believed God was ultimately going to take Isaac from him. None whatsoever. Abraham is saying, God, your call to obedience cannot be inconsistent with the promises you have given me. And so I'm going to go along faithfully and trust that you're going to work this thing out. And so, for instance, if you look at verse 5, I think this is a really fascinating verse. Um, Abraham speaking to his servants. Then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. Now, okay, so think back to your days in grammar, right? Um, and subject-verb agreement, right? Your, your subject has to agree with your, your verb. Um, and so you say, I run. But you wouldn't say, he run. You would say, he runs, right? These things have to match up. It's just the same in, in foreign languages. It's, just, it's harder to peel out when they translate them. But, but the subjects and the verbs have to match up. So if you could read Hebrew, this sentence, this verse 5 would read like this. Stay here with the donkey. 
I and the boy, okay, right, first person plural, I and the boy will go, so that's first person plural verb, over there, and we will worship, and, now get this, we will come back. I and the boy, we will go, we will worship, and we will come back. He's, his faith is perfectly consistent with the promises of God. Yes, God's called me to do this, but somehow I know my son is coming back with me. That's what the author of Hebrews saw in this text, that Abraham knew Isaac would return, even if God had to raise him from the dead. What does this look like in our lives? Well, the fact of the matter is, our faith will be tested. Many of your faith, faiths, subject verb agreement, or something, um, is being tested right now. You know what that's like to have your faith tested. Your faith will not be tested like this. Just let me be clear. Um, God will not call to you and ask you to do anything remotely like what he's asking Abraham to do. This is a particular test at a particular time for a particular person. But all the same, God will put us in positions that will test our faith. Whether it's regard to our children. If your children don't test your faith, you should probably look again. Your vocation, your marriage. God will test your faith. And not only will God sometimes put you in positions to have your faith tested, um, just the product of who we are in this fallen world we live in will test our faith. There's sickness, there's disease, there's death, there's suffering, there's persecution, there's injustice. These things test our faith. How will we respond? Will our actions be consistent with our faith? Will we take things into our own hands? Will we go our own route? We'll say, God, I know I should behave this way, but if I do this, it's going to cost me dearly. Certainly you would intend to me um, to, to waver from your word and your calling on my life just a bit so I can avoid that consequence and that fate. Or are we going to be faithful and count the cost and take up our crosses and follow Jesus Christ? Abraham's faith was tested and his actions were consistent with that faith. Second characteristic. Abraham's faith is a public witness to his trust in God. His faith is a public witness to his trust in God. Let's read verses um, 7 to 10. Chapter 22. Um, So they go on together. They've left the servants. And Isaac and Abraham are walking together. And Isaac said to his father, Abraham... He said, my father, and Abraham said, here I am, my son. And Isaac said, behold, the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. And so they went, both of them together. And when they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there. And laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son.
Abraham's faith is a public witness. Do you see do you see this? So the first thing, his faith is inviting questions, okay? Abraham sort of journeys out on this venture and he's bringing Isaac along and he's doing so faithfully and he's not brought any other lamb. He hadn't brought any other quail or anything to sacrifice to God. Isaac knows they're going to make a sacrifice. Abraham has wood, he has fire, but he doesn't have a burnt offering as far as Isaac knows. And so Isaac asks the question, hey dad, where's the lamb? Abraham's faith invited these questions by being faithful to God. Abraham is asking people to ask questions about who he is and what he's doing. And his faithfulness is enticing people, Isaac in this instance, to become curious about the God he's serving. And so the second part of Abraham's public witness is this. His answers and his relationships are persuasive. His answers and his relationships are persuasive. He gets the question asked, where's where's the lamb? And he responds, my son, God will provide. My son, God will provide. This is his answer. And Isaac's reaction is amazing. He goes along with his father. He joins his father up the mountain. He carries the wood. He's bound to the altar. He watches as his dad pulls out a knife prepared to sacrifice his son. And there's no indication that even the slightest peep came from Isaac when Abraham was doing this. Not the slightest peep, not the slightest argument, not the slightest. What are you doing? He's 12 years old. Why? Because Isaac's relationship with his father and this answer Abraham has given him, God will provide, were persuasive. Isaac is obeying his father in the same way that his father is obeying his heavenly father. Do you see that? Isaac is obeying Abraham in the same way Abraham is obeying Yahweh. Abraham's faith was persuasive. His 12 years with his son, teaching him and training him up to know and trust in the Lord, has brought them together in such a way that Isaac would willingly follow his father up that mountain. So what about our faith in the world? Do our faith, does our faith, does the decisions we make, the things we do, does it invite the world to ask us questions? Who are you? Why are you doing this? Why would you go this way when it very clearly is not in your best interest? Why would you get up early on Sunday morning to go to church? Why would you go to Alpha? What is it about you? Is your faith? Causing people to ask questions. And the second thing is, your, are your relationships persuading people to join you? Do you have those kind of intimate bonds and relationships that would invite people um, to join you on this road following Jesus? Because they might know Jesus, but they really know you. And they know that they trust you and want to come with you, that one day they might know the Lord in the same way. Is your faith a public witness to the trust you have in God? Finally, what is the outcome? The outcome of this faithfulness? Well, it's quite simply, God provides. 
The first thing we see is that God provides when? In the moment. God provides in the moment. Let's look at verses 13 and 14. Oh, actually, go back to 11. All right, so Abraham has got Isaac. He's on the, the altar. He's about to sacrifice him. Uh, verse 11. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. And the angel said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham lifted his eyes and looked. And behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of that place the Lord will provide, as it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. God provided for Abraham in the moment, right? He stepped out, he was prepared to sacrifice his son, and there at the last moment, God called him out of it and he gave them an offering. He gave him a ram, and they offered it to God and worshipped him. When our faith is being tested and tried, God will provide for us in the moment. It might not look like what we want it to look like. I mean, this, this ends up with a very uh, materially happy ending, right? Um, Abraham didn't have to go through with it. Uh, we might have to suffer our faith in the same way Jesus suffered for his. But even in the suffering, we have to have faith that God will provide for us in that moment. And sometimes, what God provides in the moment is hope for a better day. And that leads us to the last point. God provides for us once and for all. Verses 15 and 19. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you, and I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore. And your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies, and in your offspring shall be all nations of the earth, shall all nations of the earth be blessed, because you have obeyed my voice. And so God provided in the moment, and yet God is providing once and for all. He's saying, Abraham, you are faithful, you are trustworthy, you are a godly man. Your son Isaac will fulfill my promises through Jacob, and then through Jacob's 12 sons, and then through the nation of Israel, and then through the one true and faithful Israelite, Jesus Christ. This Jesus who is a blessing to all nations. And like Isaac, Jesus was an only son, a beloved son, set to inherit the promises of God. And like Isaac, Jesus was bound to wood. But unlike Isaac, Jesus was sacrificed there once and for all. And like Isaac was figuratively raised from the dead, Jesus was literally raised from the dead because of God's faithfulness. Jesus' obedience and God's faithfulness, when they come together on the cross, our sins are forgiven. Every single time you have failed to have faith in God, and I know it's Daily, often, for many of us, God has forgiven us through the faithfulness of his son, Jesus Christ. And so when all else is falling apart, when we're being tested, we realize that what we need is Jesus Christ. 
and his promise that he will come again, that he will uh, restore this kingdom, that there will be no more tears and, and suffering and death and persecution and injustice. When those things have come to reality in our hearts, that one day that will be our kingdom and we can endure the trials we face. If you were to read on in Hebrews, you would get to verses 39 and 40. And the author says, all of these, and he's talking about all of these faithful people, though they were commended through their faith, okay, these are faithful people, they did not receive the promises God had given them. They died waiting for the day that their promises would be fulfilled. Abraham never inherited the promised land. Abraham died with one son born under the promise, Isaac. Yet he was promised to be a father of a great nation. He had no grandchildren when he died. Rather than blessing all the nations around him, Abraham was nothing more than a footnote in history. And yet his faith has persisted. How much more do we have than Abraham? The death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The testimony of God's faithfulness to us in his word. The power of the Holy Spirit working in our lives. Friends, it's my prayer that through every trial and temptation, that our hopes, our faithfulness, will be resting in the completed work of Jesus Christ. That we will walk in faith knowing that what he has begun in us, what he has begun in his church, will be brought to completion once and for all and forever. In his kingdom. Let us pray.